Hey, what's going on? This is your host, Blake Carell, in his new apartment. I moved over the weekend, so I'm kind of having to do this under different circumstances. None of my regular stuff is set up, so I'm kind of just doing it through the laptop mic right now and trying to get my space all sorted out. Don't have very much room in my new room. I've switched to kind of a more compact lifestyle, got a bed that folds up and yeah, I just have, I have thrown caution to the wind with my lifestyle and it, it took a little bit longer to get the podcast made, but I hope you guys forgive. We've got Christian Gunther on the episode today, a very, very good friend of mine from Manhattan, Kansas worked together for a long time and we talk about all of that in the podcast. The artists we discuss are Microwave, Brother Moses, and Frank Sinatra, which are all like very interesting artists in their own right. Brother Moses was obviously the newest to me, so I'd really recommend checking them out. Yeah, this intro, what should I what should I talk about? I, all of this just felt so thrown together, so I appreciate you guys being patient with me. Um, I'm going to do the artwork after this, so I'm just kind of, like, doing it, you know? I don't know why I think it's so funny. Uh, I don't know. Here, how about I give you guys a little little life dip update on me? Uh, I'm working at a coffee shop. Luckily, I didn't have to stay in location I was at before, because when I moved, I moved like five miles to like southwest in the city. The original shop I was at was in uptown Chicago, which is pretty far north if you're like thinking about like the big buildings in the city. But now that I've moved to Ukrainian Village, it's um, just a little bit. That would have been too crazy of a commute. So the this is going to be really good for still getting to work. And I got into a place over on this side of the city it, with the same company. So like, there's not a lot of transition that's happening that besides like the, the move, the shop will be different, but there's a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. And just been getting stuff out of storage and making sure that everything is all cool. I don't, I'm really excited for the move because it kind of feels like a, a new beginning of, of sorts, kind of, I've moved four times in the past six months, and that's taken a toll on me. I've been very, very stressed because of that, and um, I've survived, obviously, but uh, it's it hasn't been easy with, like, the, with COVID and everything like that, so... Um, this new apartment is sort of like a new page or a new chapter or whatever you want to call it in hopefully in my life. I just kind of want it to, to beget more consistency. Like this is a year I've got a lease, like I can breathe. So yeah, uh, it'll take some time to get some things set up to get the studio set back up again and how, everything is going to fit into this very tiny room. Uh, so yeah, I appreciate your patience. 
this is I maybe the next episode will be in the same sort of fashion kind of thrown together but uh I yeah I'm excited to be in a new spot and thanks for checking out the podcast and listening to Christian and I talk about really good music so check out those songs and keep up with us on Spotify and Instagram uh yeah I'll talk to you guys soon thank you bye okay it's recording (laughs) and this is how I I forget what's going on uh but so how was your day today Christian Gunther um Blake it was good (laughs) worked at Arrow had two of the nicest customer interactions I've had in a really long time. And um, also, I took a nap. What's Are you guys doing dine-in? You guys have like the upper part of the patio open now. Yeah, we have like 40 seats outside. So it's pretty sweet. We have nothing inside. Manhattan is a mess. There are like a billion cases a day. And it's fine. Dang. Cases of I, COVID. I just wanted you to be clear. <laughs> not like civil suits or anything like that no polio um, here no po- <laughs> um i was wondering i was trying to come back to kansas for for a couple weeks now but it's been on the list of places you can't go from chicago and come back because you have to quarantine for 14 days yeah afterwards and i can't take off that time of work so. no it's like um the f- I've heard it's in the top five of like the most increased percentage wise of like states getting confirmed cases. Kansas? Mm-hmm. It's like 26% of people who test are positive. Oh my God. So you guys are still going to O'Malley's, right? And Annie Mays? O'Malley's has gotten shut down multiple times by the police and fined, <laughs> <laughs> but they no. keep opening. And um, like the other day, Jordan and I, my roommate Jordan Cook, and I were watching the nightly news. And um, they were like, hey, so we came down here to talk about something. But then we decided we were going to talk about O'Malley's because it's supposed to be shut down. But there are a million people inside. And so they just like cut their whole segment to talk to oh the owners my God. again. And like they're getting in trouble because like their bartenders aren't wearing masks and people are sitting at the bar to like drink and stuff. And Wow. And the law, law is getting involved. Yeah, but I don't. According to people I've talked to, they technically don't have the ability to shut O'Malley's down. They can just find them. It's the health department that has to shut them down. Right. So. That's so silly, man. I know. And the sororities and fraternities have a lot of cases. Yeah. The dorms on, are fine. But. I saw that on Reddit. Like, it popped up, like, Kansas State University, like, four sororities and, like, fraternities have, like, have to quarantine. Mm-hmm. Kansas so. State. it's pretty wild and there are rumors that k-state won't stay open past labor day week but then there are rumors that they will stay open until 100 percent refunds are done like you have to you can't back out or anything like that so wait refunds on what you know how you can take a class and drop it for like full refund 50 percent refund and i heard rumors that they're waiting until like that period's over but also i heard rumors that they like made that a like warranting like you can't back out once you sign up for classes this semester so weird Uh, (laughs) 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 tell me something that's not covid related what are you up to um so my last day at hy-vee superstores tomorrow i've been working at the grocery store for extra money but now i don't have to 
Um, I met this lady today that moved here from Dallas because she wanted to live in the middle. And her family was like, what? The middle of what? And she just said, America. And then she was like, I could pay for my house with cash here. You can't do that in Dallas. And then her brother from Seattle's thinking about moving here because everything is so cheap. And they're like, this is amazing. Whoa. And I was like, Kansas, man. That's the beauty of Manhattan, I guess. Manhattan's like an expensive city in city in Kansas. (laughs) My rent in Manhattan, uh, when I lived in my own studio, was five forty five a month. That was compared to here, uh, you can't get a studio for less than like eight hundred dollars. Like a good thing. Like I don't know. I mean, maybe we should we should transition to talking about Manhattan as a place. Just well, I like to kind of start these things off by how we know each other, and the Manhattan is <laughs> where we met. <laughs> no way! It was actually funny. I am also a fan of your podcast. I hope that's not too like kiss ass oh. to say. Um, <laughs> and I was listening to it, and you're talking to um, your BFF James about how you guys met, and mm-hmm. you said in the dorms, and you also met Austin in the dorms. Other BFF. Yes. And it's funny because I knew about you in the dorms and I definitely knew about Austin, but I never talked to either of you. <laughs> it, these Maybe these the beginning phases of these podcasts that's bringing this out, but like everybody I met in college is, is, is interweaved either through coffee or like dorm life, right? <laughs> or it's just been the same people. I, I haven't really branched out, but those are my closest friendships. I, I made my closest friends in, in college mm-hmm. besides the few that I had in high school that were like the people I played music with. How was it for you? Yeah, I don't talk to a lot of people from high school anymore, just like my best friend from growing up, but we didn't even go to the same high school. We were like church buddies and she's the coolest person ever. But then all of my friends from high school and I just like went on separate paths a lot of them stayed in Topeka and then college. Yeah, the dorms are where I met most of my friends. And then working in coffee, that's where I met most of my friends, like you, sweet mm-hmm. Alana. Um, and now I'm still there and hanging out. And even people I met when I moved away, I enjoy and I talk to still. But it was just like such a short amount of time that I feel like I didn't get to know them very well and came back. So, yeah. I mean, do you think that the friendships you've made as you've gotten older have been stronger or have been, I guess, from what we just both said, I think that might be the case, right? Well, I think I lived with them. And I think that's like oh, what okay. was the defining factor is like, I didn't live with any of my friends from high school and I didn't really live with my friends in China. And so it's like the people I lived with in college and like worked with all the time or the people that were my closest friends. That's a good and point. And it stayed that way. Yeah. We spent a lot of time together in high school, my friends and I, like we, we watched movies and stuff, but I mean, going away to college is sort of a big, it's a big transition away from, yeah, it's hard to like stay close over, over the telephone, even though we've managed to do that. And I have done that with other people. And you're just like changing a lot. Like, I don't know about you, but I am not the same person I was when I graduated high school and I don't even think I'm the same person I was when I graduated college like two years ago. Um, And so I think like that's a part of life, I suppose, just like 
growing up and not always growing in the same direction, even though you like people a lot. Like, there's people I still really enjoy and love, but we have nothing in common anymore. Yeah, I've started to unfollow a lot of people on Instagram. <laughs> Look at you, social media purge. It has to happen. Even like accounts that are like photography stuff, like things that I was into pretty heavily or was trying to get inspiration on, I've kind of like, it's just become uninteresting or annoying on my feed. Yeah, because then you just like scroll past it and sometimes you just like miss things that you'd actually be interested in or you have 12,000 or you're following 12,000 people and you're like, I don't know any of this. What's happening? Yeah, it's 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 okay to get rid of things like through the years. Uh, I think we have a funny, um, we have a clip. No, uh, <laughs> yeah. you have a funny like first impression story of me, I think from what <laughs> I, you've recounted it a couple of times, but I think yeah. it's funny. Well, the thing was, I was gone. I lived in Washington and um, came back to work at Arrow Coffee Company. Shameless plug. Shout um, out. <laughs> and, and dad. They're probably listening. They listened last night. Um, Good. They, we just started working together because you were new, but you had been there for like a little bit. And so you had gotten a groove. And I came in and our boss, Rachel, was like, the prodigal daughter's returned. And I was like, hey, I'm Christian. And you were like, whatever and you just kept <laughs> doing your task you didn't say that but you were basically like your hay was like a big like middle finger like i don't uh, care i'm a cool guy <laughs> and then uh, when we started working together i made a joke that um i think i made a joke that we had a wedding and outcast played at our wedding yeah and that was funny and i still didn't think you liked me very much but then we became friends but that became like an inside joke i think that was like the ice breaker <laughs> to our, our friendship was to go to complete hyperbole and then, <laughs> and then hit it back on the ground because then we ended up that last summer that i was in manhattan was like like we were always hanging out mm -hmm. we hosted trivia together we yeah, did a lot of like friend group things. Watch The Bachelor. Garrett and Becca broke up. Oh, Becca the Bachelorette. Oh no! <laughs> I was hoping that they would actually like get the season done or whatever before um, COVID hit, but I guess I don't know if it had started. And Peter's season kind of sucked. So no, yeah, I haven't been keeping up with it, but I mean, some people. But have you to showed me The like Bachelor, it. and that is a valuable <laughs> asset to our friendship. That has like the the waves of that have <laughs> existed in Chicago with me. That's so funny. I'm glad you could carry it with you forever, close to your heart. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, do you have anything else to say about <laughs> us as people? I'm glad you don't hate me anymore. You might have never hated me. You just didn't feel like liking me that day, and it's okay. I've forgiven you. Oh, thanks. After like two years of like solid friendship, I'm glad yes. I've been forgiven. Oh my gosh. Well, cool. Well, anyway, you want to talk about music? Let's talk about That's why we're here. Uh, I don't know how much of that will live on the recording, but we'll see. Uh, we have a very interesting story, so I think a lot of it will. Um, yeah, so we've got three songs here. I'll... All really good songs. I, I found like a common theme through them and maybe I can share that at the beginning and then we can kind of maybe see where that is or maybe it's not interesting at all. But Something Right by Microwave 
How Many Years by Brother Moses and My Way by Frank Sinatra. Just kind of wanted to throw a curveball in there for that. <laughs> um, yeah, so usually I start. <laughs> we can we can get into it. We'll talk about uh, Something Right by Microwave, if that's cool. Yes. Also, wait, I have a common theme too, and I'm going to be interested to see if I picked the same common theme as you did. I'm sorry, okay. I got really, really excited about this. Okay. Let, much. Awesome. I, well, let's 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 start with the common theme. I think a lot. I don't know. These songs are like a lot about stubbornness. Hmm. I think so, and I it can be interpreted in different ways, and we'll see that with something right, and then with how many years, and then I think the most obvious stubborn song is my way. So yeah, um, yeah. What did you What did you pick out? Well, it wasn't so much of like a lyrical common theme it was like the movement of each song um crescendoed into the next part really well and so i think it had every single song had like a beginning a very clear beginning that moved to a bigger middle that moved to the biggest ending and yeah that is true (laughs) whether it was like um musically like my way which we'll talk about or if it was like just the progression of the story in something right I think there was like a real kick it up a notch every single time. Yeah. I think I might be stretching for the stubbornness, but we'll, we'll see how that, we'll see how that plays out. (laughs) This was the first song that I heard by microwave. And it is, I think one of their most captivating lyrically, because the story is so uh, step-by-step, like it, it, it progresses in a really interesting way. And uh, something about this song I really like is that it's um, the choruses change meaning throughout. So uh, maybe I did something right. And I guess the, it's more of like an instrumental chorus, but that line about doing something right kind of changes throughout. And those those kinds of songs I really like because they really rely heavily on the verses and that, that sort of interplay is super fun. And Nathan Hardy, the singer of this band, is so talented and I love his voice. And I've been getting kind of obsessed with his playing recently. He's like a lead guitar singer and has this awesome scream as well as kind of a beautiful, uh, is sultry voice. Uh, sure, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really think that he's got his delicate times, but then he can also kind of hit pretty hard. And that totally comes through at the crescendo of the song. Uh, I want to, I want to see like, I was really keying into the story on this listen, and maybe we can talk about that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think the main part of this that I was sort of realizing in this listen was that the singer really is portraying himself as sort of a bad guy in a way, mm-hmm. and like the he's kind of trying to see something redeeming after he kind of after he says all these bad things about himself during the verses Mm -hmm. so yeah and also i really love the the background vocals in this too there's a lot of good play between the bassist and uh yeah the singer it's just i it's such a good song all around that like there are so many parts that i'm plucking at i think we'll we'll get a little bit more into it when when we discuss it uh for sure what yeah what did you i mean was this the first time you heard this song yeah, so I haven't, this is the only song I've heard by Microwave, um, okay. but I'm glad you showed me it, because I feel like um, 
this type of music is something I don't actively seek anymore. It feels very much like um, when I was like 13 to 16, I was really into <laughs> this like heavy rhythmic guitar and this like strained voice and this like, so I think you guys, you and Austin talked about sad boy music. I think this is like angsty boy music. Okay. And I Googled the definition of angst because I really wanted to share with you. So mm. it's like the feeling of deep anxiety or dread, typically unfocused, um, one about the human condition or the state of the world in general. And then the informal version is a feeling of persistent worry about something trivial. And so <laughs> I yeah. feel like um, in all of these songs, so it reminds me of like, mom jeans or um even a little bit of like remote drive but then like forever the sickest kids or mayday parade or like all time low which i was like all fans of yeah and it just, it feels like a theme in these songs is like the dude singing is just like not a fan of himself and the girl he's into is always unavailable she either like isn't interested she's dating somebody else they don't like each other, but they love each other. And it's kind of like a them against the world, but everybody's fucked up. So it's like, yeah, whatever. And I don't know if you feel that way, but like, that is how I always interpret. That's not always how I interpret, but I interpret songs like this, like that a lot. And they're really emotional of just like, I'm misunderstood and I don't get myself, but like, I just like, I'm trying to like get out what I'm feeling. And in this song, I felt like, um, so the storyline, I don't know if you want to talk about the storyline. I Well, the part about it that I keyed into was that there's never really anything positive that comes out about their relationship Yeah, in there. So like it all starts with him like hitting her car, which <laughs> either he's in his own car or he's on his bike because it knocks the wind out of him. I think he's on like a bike or something like that. Well, he like, says his insurance yeah. goes up. So I think he might have right. his car. That's, that's right. But like each, each subsequent... Uh, tale of their interaction is like her like breaking his favorite <laughs> lamp you know and then it all uh i mean then there's a verse about him like looking through pictures and stuff but then like it ends with like the main crescendo is like she's pregnant which i mean could be like a fucked up thing that she's doing to him but like <laughs> it isn't it, it it isn't right like because that's the twist in the song, I feel like. Yeah, it takes two to tango. It's both of them. Um, right. <laughs> but it's like, um, it's, no, so that's like the thing is like, this song, she seems like she like hates him. So in the first like time, she like calls him a dick, but she's kind of like, not completely honest about it. Or maybe she's not completely annoyed about it. It's like a weird thing. And then when she like tells him she hates him and hates all of his friends, but they're still together. I'm like, dude, why are you into this? But he's like, but still good, still into it. And then yeah. she's pregnant and he's like, I guess I'll change my entire lifestyle to fit this terrible relationship where he also talks about how they fight all the time. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I don't think he wants to be a dad, but he's like, I'll do it. And it's like, <laughs> wait, what? I was in my car listening to this. Cause I think it's the best way to listen to a song is in your car really loud. For sure. And, when he said, when he like screamed last night, you or I, he was like, you told me that you were pregnant, uh -huh. and I was like, what? <laughs> it was just like, I was like, Blake, where is this song going? And then we called the baby a little man inside of her. I was yeah. like, oh my god, <laughs> was that cringy for you? Like that part was because I was imagining him like fist bumping her stomach and then a tiny baby <laughs> fist bumping her back, but right. um. 
No, the thing was I didn't, I really liked the song. Like I liked how it built. So, story songs really, really suck me in. And I'm like, well, I have to see where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love like the background screams that he did like at the end. Like I thought that was really powerful. And that's like why I like this music is like, there is no doubt the people singing about this thing, whether it's fictional or not. Um, yeah. They really feel something about it. And I think that's really, really cool and why I like it. That's cool. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that you it sounds like you like the song, so that that makes me happy. Uh not that that's a point of this podcast at all, but yeah, very interesting. Yeah, cuz I mean, I think the way that I see it I I guess is from the male perspective or whatever, but the angst that you brought up is totally true. And this song is only focused on like the perspective of sort of negative things and the like you said, like liking somebody, not liking somebody, but loving them. Like, I mean, that seems to be the only way that these negative things can happen and the relationship can continue to sustain. And we're only getting his side of the story on this, but every subsequent event involves her too, mm-hmm. right? With her like breaking the lamp and then somehow they're like together and he's next to her stomach while she's pregnant. Yeah. Well, I wanted to know what your feelings were about this song, but like maybe specifically this like genre. Like, did you listen to this type of music like for a long time? Is this like a new thing you've gotten into? Because I want to know how much this Mm. like influences your like thought process or like your viewpoint of the world. Like, do you feel like you're an angsty boy? Like you can relate to like these singers and these bands? More recently, I've been keying into lyrics and maybe it's because of the show, but like the actual emotion behind them. And maybe that sounds kind of silly, but like what, what the words actually mean. Cause I start to listen to songs and learn the words, but not really get connected to it, which I, I have increased my enjoyment of music ever since intently listening to lyrics. I, I do relate like mm-hmm. to the struggle, I guess not, um, especially with the pregnant thing, even whether it's fictional or not, or if it's happened to him or if it's happened to me, I think that the resolution of it is what's powerful to me. Mm-hmm. Cause that's something that you worry about as a guy. So <laughs> it's that, that like last night you told me that you're pregnant and he like screams it. Like I've definitely sang along to the song and been like, this is like <laughs> the perfect crescendo, you know? Yeah, so. and he's like, I my tore my throat, like couldn't breathe or whatever, and you're like, yeah, that's like yeah. this this is a super scary scenario, dude. Like totally. Right. Oh my gosh. No, because I was wondering, like, um, also the enticement of like a manipulative girl, like, is that like a thing? Like, from these songs, are you like, yeah, girls that suck sound great, you know, like girls that are like no, kind yeah. of terrible to me that sounds awesome (laughs) i well so i did write down like this is sort of like a slam track on the girl which Mm -hmm. which i like songs that are funny and this is more of like a self-deprecating thing because he's like you think i'm cheap and you're probably right i'm kind of (laughs) cheap right like but you're expensive bitch (laughs) right (laughs) well so yeah he he, like (laughs) he does that so i i kind of like the humor in Mm -hmm. it too how do you see it Well, like, I mean, so songs like these, not specifically this one, because I wouldn't want to be the girl in this song, but like, um, 
I feel like there are a lot of songs like this in this genre of like a dude singing about a girl that he's either with or he wants to be with and like is willing to look past all of like their bad stuff and is just like willing to stick with it and then like is really into her and like just is like that's it he's really into her and like as like a 13 or 14 year old girl listening to like all time low Mm -hmm. or like never shout never is completely different but a band i loved when i was in junior high um i was like man i just want to be that girl that a dude is writing a song about me like even if i'm like the worst at that point of time or whatever or i like play hard to get or something like i just want to be that girl which is unhealthy and not a good standard for a girl in a relationship but like i think that's how i related to it because like i wouldn't take the guy's side because i'm not a dude but when i think of like songs like um that i would put myself in the place of the singer a lot of times i'm not saying always either but a lot of times it's like um a girl and a lot of times it's like a sadder song maybe or like um Hmm. it has to be pretty specific to my emotions I like to find my place in a song and then story songs are really good and then songs have movements like this where it's like you need the first verse to get to the second verse to get to the third verse those are songs that really resonate with me and that I like stick with like wanting to learn and um, find my place in it Hmm. and maybe I just read too much into music because then sometimes I get really like bored with music if I can't under like relate to that emotion but I think music is really emotional for me um and I can talk about that in the next song because I think that's really potent but like nostalgia plays a huge part part in like what I listen to and like what I continue to listen to it's like the song might just be like fine but if it has like a really strong draw to like a time in my life that I want to remember then I'll like stick with it and um listen to it more like, um, when I was trying to think of a song to do next, like, um, my pick, I was like, well, maybe I should pick, like, the first song I found on my own and, uh-huh. like, liked. Um, not on the radio, nothing. And it was Dynamite by Tayo Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just know that song. And it was on the radio all the time. But it was, like, a week after I found it. And I was like, I did it. I found this song. Like, I did it. <laughs> and it's just, like, some things like that. and that just really tie me to a song. So it wasn't even like um, the emotion of the song, but like what time in my life I heard it, I suppose. So maybe that's why angsty music really got to me when I was like junior high, high school. Cause that's when I like was the most confused with my emotions and myself. And I don't know, just wanted to feel experiences that I wasn't experiencing like as a human being. Yeah. And that's what music, <laughs> that music does that for me too. I think it's a perfect way to do that in your car or at a concert or, you know, mm-hmm. I, li- I like that. I mean, this sounds like a perfect time to transition over to to Brother Moses. Oh my gosh. You oh don't even God. know how excited I am about this. Oh, well, I, I, I really enjoyed this song, so I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. First, I want to tell you how I found Brother Moses, and then I want to ask you what you thought of this song slash this album. I found Brother Moses on accident. Um, mm-hmm. On my Discover Weekly on Spotify, sometimes they have really good hits, and they actually had a song by the band Camino, and um, which is a band that we both like. Yes. And um, I was like, man, they're really good. They have a couple of EPs out. Like, I wonder if they're gonna like have a concert anytime soon. This was like in like October or November of 2018, 
I found that they had a concert in Arkansas, which is like five hours away from Manhattan, on a Thursday night, and it was $8, and they were not the opener, but they were the second opener to another band. Uh And I was like, okay, like, let's go. And so I, me and four of my best friends, um, Kate, Madeline, Savannah, and Jordan, all drove in my friend's minivan down to Arkansas just for this concert. And then we spent the night and woke up at like six the next morning and drove back for class. And the band Camino was the second. And then Brother Moses was the headliner because they're from Fayetteville or that's where they like went to college or whatever. And they were amazing. I was like, who is this band? And they only had like one smallish album. It's like six songs, I think, um, called Legends. And um, yeah. And it was so good. And they were amazing. And I really, really liked them. They had amazing stage presence. And so like a few months later, they came to Kansas City and they played in this like tiny, tiny bar and like tickets were $5. And me and my friends went and we were front row. And I was like, they're right here. And it was so cool. And I was like, they're even better this time. And they started coming out with new music. They came out with the second album, Magnolias. Saw them again in Kansas City. And then with a bunch of my friends. And it was so good. And then I just saw them right before COVID stuff happened on Valentine's Day this year. Um, Oh, great. When they had their most recent album out, Desperation Pop. Or they almost did. And they just, like, are a band that makes me want to keep seeing them live. And then also, like, I couldn't turn this album off in my car for, like, weeks. And it was just so good. And the guys in it are just, like, cool people, it seems like. And they're just, like, a band I feel the most invested in. Because I'm really good at, like, liking songs. But, like, when it comes to whole albums or bands, I, like, kind of bop around. And that's maybe not great of me. But, um, (laughs) no, they were, like, really, really good. So... Desperation Pop has a bunch of bangers on it and like every single one of their songs is a bop and I love it a lot. Um, And I even felt a little affirmed when Jeremy Klein liked it. He like posted (laughs) on his story that he like can't turn it off and I was like Jeremy Klein's an actual musician and he likes them. (laughs) The last song on the album is How Many Years which is the song I picked. Mm -hmm. Um, This album Desperation Pop the engineer on the album like um, he also worked on the band Camino and Julian Baker, like he's worked with oh. them, which is pretty cool. And I thought you would like to shout out to JB over there. A reason why I like this band a lot is because they just like progress from album to album. You can tell that they're refining themselves more and they're just getting better and better in like their sound and their confidence in themselves. Um, and just like what they want to do. Like, I think there's a couple of artists I listen to that feel similarly, but are completely different artists. Like. I think Mumford and Sons, people all sound, they say they sound the same, but like their first album sounds so much different than their third album, than their fourth. Same with like Paramore, like they just, like their hard times, like that whole album, cannot remember what it's called, is just so different than their beginning stuff. And like John Mayer is an example of like, he sounds so <laughs> different than like Gravity John Mayer to like Paradise Valley to like Search for Everything. Like, I just really admire artists that keep me interested in what they're going to do next. Because if it all sounds the same, then I'm like, I'll just listen to your other album. Because I know I like it already. Yeah. Um, so, this song, How Many Years. I listened to it just for the feel. Like, I didn't pay attention at all to the lyrics. Because I, like, just wanted to know how the music made me feel. Because it is such, like, a building song. Um, mm-hmm. So it feels very ambient. I don't know if you felt that way at the beginning. There's just like some light drum and like that weird crystal-y 
piano sound. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like really serene and calming feeling. And then like the more distressed I feel like the song went on and like got more desperate, the more layers of instruments they added, which was just a really cool feature of it. Um, and I really, really enjoyed that because like it made my heart start to race. And then at the middle of the song, they have this huge pause and everything's really echoey. And then the end is just like an explosion of emotions and just like everything that the song has been trying to tell you is like at the end, like full force and just like the best way to end an album is just like putting everything out there. Um, and it's like six and a half minutes, which some people might think is too long for a song. I don't think a single second of the song was wasted or like could be cut. Like all mm -hmm. of the lyrics were perfect. The whole buildup was perfect. The pause in the middle was like necessary for like the power that the song had and just like the symbolism it had with the lyrics. And so that is kind of where I'm at. And I can talk about lyrics, but I feel like I'm saying so many words right now and I would love for you to say uh, something. Did you, do you had some questions like written out or did you want me to? Well, I just like, I really like it when my friends like music that I like. Of course. And I wanted yeah. to know if you enjoyed this song or this album, specifically probably the album as a whole. I enjoyed my listen through the, it's not that I was anticipating the last song, but I knew that the final track is what you wanted me to listen to. And I was in the car, you know, mm -hmm. I just turned it on. And the song right before this one is like really awesome. I only listened to it once, which is not enough to like really appreciate an album. But I, I really liked what they were doing with their guitars and they've got such a nice handle on like a poppy chorus and like something that's catchy. So I, I totally would revisit this. I, I listened to How Many Years a couple of times, but I think the the obvious theme of love in this album is finalized on this song really well, even if it's not the same, uh, same story or same person that the song is about. But um, yeah, I, I enjoyed the record very much and i think they all they they stayed consistent with their style on it and they remind me of the band camino and uh mm -hmm. the national a little bit too and mm -hmm. i'm really interested in that like post-punk sort of um it it's got it's got emotion where it needs there to be emotion and it's not off-putting where the instrumentation gets really heavy it's it's more like the vocalist and like, they're not afraid to make the guitars big. It's not like chuggy, chuggy, hardcore. <laughs> right. Um, and I, I only like draw those, those comparisons to those bands because I think those are good footholds for people if they want to, to check this band out. But I think they're like really solid and it does not that my opinion means anything on like where they've progressed to as a band, but this is like a super solid sound on all of the, on all of the songs but that, that that's not really like my expertise that's just my opinion as like somebody who, who enjoyed opinion. the record yeah no i i just don't want to make it sound like <laughs> i've got like uh like some like a and r like i'm some like record label dude like i i, I sincerely <laughs> enjoyed good. the record yeah yeah this song is vignettes i think in the verse as opposed to like the story that we get in microwave mm -hmm. each of these are I think we're like looking back on an event. It's, it's such a, I think it's such a heavy thing that the singer is talking about. And like, that's what makes the, the last bridge and stuff 
stand out to me so much. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so his voice is just like already really, really good. It's just mm-hmm. deeper, which I appreciate. Um, yeah. And so it really just like holds space well, especially with like, I think they're all really good instrumentalists. Um, and the song, so like, I think there are a lot of really heavy concepts, not heavy, but like relatable and hard concepts in this song that I relate with specifically. And so I think that's why this song is like so moving to me. I cried mm-hmm. when I heard it. Um, <laughs> it was so good. But yeah. so like, um, I think, I guess so he's like, first of all, I guess I should just run down what this song is saying. He's like moving his girlfriend away. Um, and she's like leaving and going to the airport. But then he realizes once she's gone that he like can't live without her. And so he's like trying to race it to the airport. Classic romantic scene. And then the whole end of the song is like figuring out like, why am I wasting time? How many years do we have left? How many times do I get to come home with to you? How many times do we have like sleeping in the same bed? And like how mm-hmm. many summers do we have left? All of this stuff is just like really, really potent I feel like because so everybody in the band is like 20 something year olds and they're just like trying to figure out what to do next and like what's important and I think that's so relatable right now because as almost 25 years old and just trying to figure out like what I'm doing with my life um you have to decide what's like the most important thing like what's the most what's the things you can't live without and so graduating college like college was structure that you had no matter like how crazy it got you like were there for a purpose and you were going to get your degree apparently and like that's what you wanted to do um Mm -hmm. but then after that the world was open to you like you Blake you got to move to Chicago and you had to make tough decisions to get there and to stay there and like I had to choose whether or not to stay in Manhattan or move away and when I was moved away like what do I do next and stuff and so I think this song is so relatable because he's like realizing in that moment of like she's moving on without me but I don't want her to like I'll do anything to stay with her and like that can be my like trajectory like how do I stay with this person that's so important with to me and even like relating to like long distance relationships like being that girl in the airport like alone and waiting to like see this next chapter of my life while like um I'm leaving somebody behind is really really hard and just like it hit me really deeply and profoundly I suppose because I have been that girl who's just like getting coffee at the airport sitting alone listening to my headphones falling asleep in the cabin on the plane like flying away and it's just like heartbreaking but like sometimes you have to make decisions in life and stuff and so yeah it's really hard to leave and like in this song what is poignant to me is the difficulty in the fact that it's two different people and like they were in a relationship, but like she's making the choice to move on and pursue something else. And in the same ways that he wants certain things for them, they're just like not Mm -hmm. congruent. And that's, that's the tragedy in it. Right. Is Mm -hmm. the, is the sort of the pleading with the, how many years do you think we've got left? I think that comes from a perspective on the singer's part of like of settling down and figuring out like life for him makes sense with her, mm-hmm. but maybe for her other things make sense. Mm-hmm. And the, I think the most poignant 
turn in the song here is when he's like i like turn myself around like i shake myself mm -hmm. and like he he shouts the how many years do you think we've got left and maybe i'm interpreting it this way is that like he's after all of that like song about like addressing her he's like turning it around and it's the end of the album too and he's like addressing himself he's like how many years do you think we've got left to like mm -hmm. we as like one person yeah and that was that was cool because it I, I think you can like emotionally understand something and also like intellectually see it differently but those things are are weighed so much are they're weighed differently too so like mm -hmm. what is emotionally good for you when it's two people is not the same right and mm -hmm. you you sort of have to intellectually understand that and I think that that fight is happening at the end of the song and like it's easy to connect to because of that. How do you even convey that kind of emotion as like a human individual? Like the fact that he could put it into a song with just like perfect instruments and perfect feelings to explain the feelings of so many people who are like understanding and going through similar experiences is just like incredible and insane. And I think that's why the song is just like I think everybody should know them and I think everybody should love this yeah. song because it's like you get it he gets it they get it and it's like amazing and like my favorite part is the pause in the middle where it's really echoey and he's singing and it's like echoing and mm -hmm. um I wrote down some of the lyrics I thought they were amazing so he sings like um like his conversation with her echoes in his mind today your voice bounces off every corner of my brain they wrote everything so thoughtfully based on how they were feeling, but then also how they were playing. And so I think that just magnified the emotion of it and yeah. like him screaming at the end of the song and then talking about yelling and screaming at himself of like his past self. Like how many times have you wanted just to like go back to a specific moment and just like yell at yourself, like, no, like <laughs> right. take a risk or like do something. And it's like, or like, don't do this or whatever. Just like change the trajectory you're on because like, your future self always obviously like has clarity and I just I don't know this song is incredible and I'm really glad you liked it and understood for sure yeah it, th there was I think it's from the same part that you were just picking out that I stopped thinking would I, I stopped thing uh, I stopped Ooh. thinking things would ever change mm. is that the beginning of the bridge but I this is so. this is the part where he's like it sounds like he's like walking around a room yes. and his voice is like moving around I, I like that that production choice fits that part of the song so well because it's like a deep contemplation mm -hmm. and I mean it sells more to me about what the band is willing to take chances to express with like a musical metaphor I mm -hmm. I hate to like reduce it down to like devices but it it's so it's so well put together also just him being able to put into words like living on a dream or like living on a memory and like eventually it's not good enough like the real mm -hmm. thing is the only thing that's good enough. And then, yeah, because then like echoes aren't the voice. They're like reverberations of a voice and it's not the real thing. I feel like my mind is all over the place because this song is just like. It's, you think? it's great when you find a song that gets your emotions like to a T. And I, I've had mm -hmm. that happen before, too, where like, OK, like you hear a verse and it's like, oh, my God. Like the, the chorus, like the whole song just like ends up being applicable to your life, which is rare. I think that just kind of like 
the planets align, you know, and like and sure. you get a song and it's, it's, it's almost like it's your song too. Yeah. So yeah. It's like exactly what you need for sure. I've had a few songs like that before in my past and then they end up meaning so much. Like even if they aren't even like a song that you would love or show to everybody, they're just like, um, they just get you. It's like a song that you treasure forever. And I think that's a really cool thing for a stranger and artist to be able to do that for people who are unmusical like me. I just enjoy listening to music, but I would never be able to like say it in a song because mm -hmm. I don't know how. <laughs> have Have you said everything that you've wanted to about about how many years? Do you, do you not want me to talk about this for six more hours? Oh, we could. No. I guess we could. Or we could just go back and listen to the album. <laughs> we could just listen to the whole album right here on your podcast, but blur it all out because you don't have the rights to it. Uh-huh. No, it's fine. Um, no, I feel good about that. So I'm really glad you listened to it and you liked it. And so thank you for letting me yeah. make my own song and talk about it. But what if I didn't like it? I would secretly feel hurt and resentment would grow. And I wouldn't tell you, but I'd feel it. Feel this really would be deep. their last conversation published. <laughs> Wait, also really fast. Did you like Goldbloom on this album? I... <laughs> I would kind of like the thought that came to my brain <laughs> when that happened was like, did they have to pay him or is that just like a cameo? Like, you know, like the app cameo or whatever. Or did they just like run into him or something like that? That's what I, I picture. I'm like, they're at um, Coney Island or something. Right. And they just bump into Jeff Goldblum and they're like, hey, we're in a band. Can you help us? <laughs> so intriguing. <laughs> I think actually that song, you should have picked that one. <laughs> That's really Moses. hard to pick. Because yeah. I wanted to pick a girl. You only had one song by a girl on your podcast. Yes. And I was like, okay. There's another one coming out. Lord. That's fine. Maybe I should have picked Whitney Houston, asked you to change a human classic. Um, but then also, there's just like so much good music out there that I think everybody should know. And I feel like that's why you've made the podcast. Right. <sighs> Yeah, I so I've had those. I mean, this is an important thing to address: is to have diversity on the show. I um, like in the moments that I've like wanted to choose something that's a little bit different. It's it's not that it's disingenuous to me. It's it's just not. I haven't quite picked out something about a song like that's actually resonating with me at the moment. And I mean, like, yeah, I I strive to do that with the show i want there to be different types of music and the music that people bring to me is just new things for me to explore and challenge myself with yeah um and i i feel like i do listen to a, a diverse cast of musicians it's it's hard to i guess i don't know it's it's a hard thing i i don't know exactly what my responsibility is right now as like a creator to do that because I mean, it's me and my friends on a podcast. I, yeah. I would, I would, I, if it was me, Joe Rogan, then it would be important <laughs> for me to like have representation on my podcast. And that's not to say I don't care about it. Um, no. And I think the more guests you get on, the more diversity you could have. Like I was thinking about how you should have Ben and Rachel on at the same time. Yeah. Rachel will just talk about like Missy Elliott or like Lauren Hill or whatever like that. Yeah. And um, Ben would just talk about the Bahamas. 
<laughs> Who are the Bahamas? I don't even know them. He likes Coldplay? Yeah. That was almost something I picked. He told me to listen to an album when I was flying to China. And he was like, this song was really important to me at, or this album was really important to me at a time in my life. And it was a Coldplay album. And it was actually, it slapped. It means a lot to me now. Um, but <laughs> who knew that Coldplay could mean so much? That's awesome. I might have to, I, I do want them on the podcast, obviously. I, That'd be really fun having a couple. Yeah, I did do two people. My friends, uh, Joe and Tony. That was fun. And we did like uh, ska and new metal. So that episode is <laughs> in the barrel. Oh my um, I have um, this friend yeah. who goes to like 100 concerts a year. Like actually her and her boyfriend just like concerts every week. And she's really into like pop, like Laney and stuff. She likes Brother Moses a lot, actually. And yeah. then... um and like greeting committee and stuff like that but then her um boyfriend's like a is math something is math a thing math rock yeah he's like really into math rock and then also like metal and stuff like that so they're like they just like don't overlap they just enjoy music together but their personal preferences are just like what (laughs) that's um that's very encouraging (laughs) sometimes i feel like i need to find a girl who will like only listens to the exact same music as I do. And uh, you have to find an appreciator of music. Or so yeah, somebody who won't like laugh in your face when you say that like you that you enjoy like music with screaming and that you feel talented in doing screaming. <laughs> Not that that's ever happened to me exactly. But But then you have to acknowledge that she could very much like Blake Shelton. That's fine, I guess. I well that's <laughs> totally fine. It, it, you can't just exclusively listen to Blake Shelton, though. Like, that's that's a deal breaker for sure. Your ears would just fall off of your head. They would um, run away. Really into butt rock or something like that? Butt rock's fine. I mean, if you like deep cut butt rock, you know, which is like a weird <laughs> thing to say. But like, I can respect that you've got a deeper appreciation for it. But like, if it's just like <laughs> just the top under. 10 butt rock songs, like... <laughs> Can you please have Ryan Greenway on your album or on your um, playlist podcast? There we go. And have the human classic be lips of an angel or photograph. That episode actually has been made. So what you you just, yeah, you just predicted an episode. (laughs) I'm so excited for that episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm going to just like, we're going to have to cut all this out because your episode is going to come out after his. (laughs) No, that's fine. And also, I feel like I'm talking forever. So please cut as much as you want. Well, I I, how much you I feel like we can only talk about my way for like five minutes. Dude, so. Yeah. And also, I was surprised that you picked it. But we can talk about that when um you're done with the cutting stuff. Because I don't want you to have to like clip together. Um, no, I mean, this. that's not. No, it's, <laughs> I, I'm kidding. And like, I think a lot of this is still interesting, despite any facts. I mean. Okay, I guess we've kind of hit the lull that Frank Sinatra can enter into our conversation. <laughs> this is like um, when TV shows get really meta and they look at the camera or something when we start yeah. talking about your podcast and <laughs> its structure. This is the microphone. <laughs> um. Well, okay. The <laughs> reason that Frank Sinatra. The reason I chose this song was sort of on a whim, just because. I don't know. I was like, just sort of like, what would happen if I chose 
a Frank Sinatra song with Christian and we're talking about like rock music, you know? And I have no idea what you what you think about Frank Sinatra. I'm not the the biggest fan, but mm-hmm. I I know some of his songs and there are have been times where I've needed to put him on for like a mood, you know? I think Frank Sinatra's <laughs> got like a certain mood, you know? Like you play like mariachi music when you make tacos and you like, Are you trying to seduce like a 55-year-old woman when you're listening to Frank Sinatra? <laughs> Maybe it's like timeless is what I think. Yeah, yeah but... no, I think that's fair. Um yeah, I think the song is a human classic for the reasons that it jump-started his career again and I think it's an anthem of of self reliance, which is yeah. kind of stubborn right now, and that's kind of like the the through line that I that I put through on the songs. But have you heard this song before? Yeah, so I have, but I can't tell you how or when. Also, I didn't think this would be one of his most popular songs, but when I was looking at his like top songs, it's up there. Yeah, um, it's like really up there. But I thought like the way, just the way you look tonight. Did he he sang that? The way you look tonight. Or yeah. like, um, I thought you would pick Fly Me to the Moon or something like that. That is the top song on Spotify. And so those are songs I've heard. And also you can't have lived life in America watching movies or TV or just like even being in public without hearing Frank Sinatra. Like he is just a staple voice for the generation of the 60s, right? Yeah. Something like that. Like the 50s and the 60s. Um, and... I didn't know this. He won an Oscar. He's like won an Oscar for best supporting actor. And oh, so really? He's like a in um from here to eternity, that movie where they make out on the beach. He's not that person, but he's in that movie. This is your trivia um, coming through. Your trivia. Host. I, well, I was really excited because then this was also another fun fact. Um, so the writer of the song is named Paul Anka. Yeah. I only know who Paul Anka is because of Gilmore Girls. This is a spoiler for Gilmore Girls. If anyone's watching it um Lorelai the main character she gets a dog in the later seasons because she just needs companionship and she names her dog Paulenka and it's so funny because then she has a dream in one episode and Paulenka is played by the actual Paulenka so her dog is played by the actual guy who wrote this song and I was like I don't even know who this dude is but now I do because of Gilmore Girls and so when I saw that he wrote this song I was like that is just a a weird world we live in (laughs) that's cool that you have that connection to it that's i i really don't have much of a connection to this song besides i think when i was younger and i heard it like i it really gave me goosebumps and it i would be lying if i said it didn't give me goosebumps now but the lyrical content of the song kind of ate at me this mm-hmm. this listen around just because i think this sort of boastfulness is not the same in in this day and age mm-hmm. with music and I think it would be easily memed. <laughs> well, okay. My question was, um, do you think he's dying in this song? Like this is the end of his life song? Um, no. Or do you think this is like him being phased out of a company he built on his back kind of phased out song or like theme song? Well, he was planning on retiring. Apparently mm-hmm. this song's story is, I guess, what is kind of helped it live on because he was going to retire from music and then this like young kid songwriter like had just gotten back from Paris with like the new rights to this song and he like decided to write it and it like reinvigorated his career I guess I see it in the in the lyrical content it does kind of seem like somebody 
who's like passing on right but he's mm-hmm. like i'm dying but like i fucking lived you know <laughs> <laughs> which is like i think what our parents my dad for sure is would want to be like like ascended into heaven with this song like playing you know <laughs> like to to have lived your life and been like and fuck all of you, you know? <laughs> i hate to be well, so vulgar in my mind no it's okay because in my mind i looked up everything like what movies this has been in where uh-huh. it's like played for some reason in my mind i had meryl streep singing this movie as the first or singing this song as the first time i've ever heard it like in a movie or something she's never sang it i don't think um <laughs> and i don't know why and it, i think it's just like um maybe this thought of like this is such a stupid connection and i'm sorry that i'm bringing this to the plate but it's like um in the devil wears prada she mm-hmm. is like the top dog so good at her job and then just like she gets too old to be the best i guess or she's just like too difficult to deal with they're like well we don't need you anymore you had like your day in the sun and now we're moving on to like younger talent and like in my mind this he's singing about this and he's like um I laughed, I cried, but when everything, like, the tears were dried, I, like, realized how, like, trivial it was because no matter what happened, no matter who I crossed, like, I have some regrets, but too small to name. Like, I did it exactly how I would have wanted to do it. I wouldn't change it. I stayed true. The self-assurance is, like, something to be envied, I think. I think probably selfish, too, but, yeah, you know, if you don't regret enough to ever wish you could go back and change something, I think that's a pretty sick life. <laughs> I think the the line that like is the mic drop is that I ate it up and spit it out. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I think so too. You you said you read up on the song a lot. I I think one thing that was redeeming about it, what I read, it was on the Wikipedia. So I guess all my high school teachers are rolling in their graves. <laughs> they're but, all dead. Uh, they're all. <laughs> uh, but it says that. Uh, Frank Sinatra thought the song was self-serving and self-indulgent. Hmm. It's like, very grandiose. Like, yeah, he, over the top. He apparently got tired of singing it after a while. Which, I mean, I don't hate this song for its lyrical content. And I like other Frank Sinatra songs. But like I said, like the song, when I was younger and like learning more about Frank Sinatra or or just like kind of turning on his his stuff to actually explore it, I don't know, like the the story of the guy is, I mean, being told through his music and like your awareness of him. And so I think that's what gives the song power is his celebrity. Mm. And, and yeah, that 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 is enough to give you goosebumps. For sure. Well, he yeah. also sings it with some real sincerity. Like mm-hmm. it feels like in every single song we've sang, everybody's like feeling exactly what they're saying. Even in this song, I don't know what Frank Sinatra was feeling. I don't know if he felt like he was being pushed out or whatever, forced into retirement, wanted to retire. Mm -hmm. Regardless, he really sounds like he means what he's saying. The full orchestra, can you imagine having a song where you're like, nope, my voice is awesome, but let's get every single piece of instrument in the background playing me out. Like, I'll sing the ending, but then, like, let's just kick it into high gear. And, like, he just pulls out all the fucking stops for this song. And it's, like, 
yeah, okay, yeah. we'll just do it. This is the way to do it. And I would get tired of singing it too because I'd be like, this is exhausting and like I feel this, but it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. It's Frank Sinatra for you. Also, the first few times I listened to it, it was pretty tough like for me to stick with it lyrically because he just has like, he has a really good voice. Like if you mm-hmm. take everything away from Frank Sinatra besides just like if he had to sing only syllables or sounds or something like that like his voice is just really really sweet to listen to and there's just something buttery about it and those blue eyes blue eye baby (laughs) the baby blue eyes oh my god him and bing crosby have like the most intense staring contest of the 1960s oh (laughs) like anybody caught in the crossfire just like their underwear explodes (laughs) they're like laser cuts through their skull and they're like scalped (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Their eyes roll back and then they fall down. I just watched Starship. Oh yeah, I just watched Starship. Yeah, from Indiana Jones. Yes, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to talk about something similar. Starship Troopers, if you haven't seen that, it's on Netflix yeah. right now. But there's a lot of scenes where people like, get like mutilated and then like their their eyes like roll back and their <laughs> like face like contorts into like a... It looks like... um. Like an, a toothpaste, like a used toothpaste, or, <laughs> or like a Capri Sun, <laughs> or like um in that episode of SpongeBob where he um his face swirls down like a toilet. <laughs> Is that an early episode? <laughs> I think he just gets so sad. I think it's when his grandma. Oh yeah, Patrick. yeah, <laughs> yeah. His face, his face. <laughs> I thought, you, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I think he flushes his face. Yeah, because he's so sad. <laughs> Frank Sinatra would never do that that's the (laughs) he just like he has he had the life I also googled him and like wanted to know what his deal was Mm because I know he has kids and stuff um he just like was all over the place playing in Vegas when playing in Vegas was like a cool thing and not like a washed up thing yeah and I don't, he just, like, I feel like could do whatever he wanted, and it's cool when somebody has, like, the clout. I don't know if he was, like, responsible with it, or responsible with his fame or anything, or did anything good with it. Like, did he ever pay for charities or something like that? I don't know. But, like, <laughs> he just, like, it's, there's something legendary on having that much of, like, a recognizable face and name and claim to songs, and then people's songs that sound like him, and they're like, oh, that's Frank Sinatra, and you're like, no, it's not, but Frank Sinatra is still relevant. Like Michael yeah. Bublé is nothing but like a, a now Frank Sinatra. <laughs> yeah, we get to like experience an animated version. I mean, I guess every generation has that. Yeah, maybe something yeah. similar, probably. Some, some and Frank Sinatra is not the only person in the world with a buttery voice, you know. And so it's like funny, just always thinking about how a certain person got their break, you know? Yeah. Like, why was he that guy that is the face of like music like that? But the world may never know. <laughs> Tootsie Pop. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we definitely got more out of my way than I thought we would. <laughs> I, I knew that you would be a, a fine compatriot to discuss anything with. So, yeah, I'm glad that uh, you brought a song that, I mean, that I'm going to explore a new album now. So mm. I appreciate you doing that and then also listening to the song that I brought and you enjoying it is just icing on the cake, but I thank it's you for good. having thoughts on it too, because I it helps me learn more about what I'm listening to. 
no yeah I hope I um I like felt like I had to study up on this like it was a big quiz or something like that and I was like okay I just have to make sure I understand everything that's happening and all of the things in every single word <laughs> well everybody's been coming to the podcast like with a lot of care which is I mean amazing because like the reason I wanted to do the podcast is because I I care about songs so much and I want to communicate my feelings on it and it's so awesome to have people who aren't necessarily musicians not necessarily people who like a lot of different types of music but like the music that they do bring they bring it with care as well and i and they everybody's treated my songs with care too so it's that's it's very encouraging and i think like my perspective on other people's tastes has kind of made me see like the complexities in people which is just true that we're all we're all different and we all have different thoughts on things but i think i like the way that it contributes to my view on it too I, that's my my diatribe on the podcast <laughs> for sure and i think um it being called like what you like or what is that right that's it yeah okay i got really scared that i just threw out a random name and i was like i don't even know what this is called where the fuck am i um no i think the fact that it's called like what you like is so sick because i also happen to like one direction and one republic and but i also think i like music that might qualify as good but mm -hmm. some music that people might think is garbage and it's fun just to not necessarily get affirmation from your friends but to be like this is why i like it i promise it's like there's something good from it it's good yeah. and so it was just it was fun talking to you about it so keep keep on doing this <laughs> thanks yeah i appreciate it <laughs> Thanks oh, for man. listening to the episodes too. That's that's great. Yeah, well, well I said to be funnier than Austin, so. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> Not hard <laughs> to cut out every single part. That's funny. <laughs> this is just going to be me like responding to silence. <laughs> no, this was great, and I, I I thank you very much, sincerely. Anytime. Thank you, Christian. Okay. Uh, do you want to say say anything before? Do you have anything to plug? We did a plug section on a couple of the episodes. Really into Legend of Korra right now. So if you guys are out there watching Avatar or Legend of Korra, just <laughs> hit me up. Talk to me about it. I'm really interested. <laughs> or uh, you gotta you you're such a you're such a great artist. I, I I want people to know. I want people to know that too. Uh, Negroni Week is coming up here at Pool House, and I'm doing a label for it. So, uh, stop awesome. the Pool House Tiki Bar, <laughs> buy some Negronis. I'm making a pear shrub at Arrow, so um, come get a ice cold pear shrub here. Can in the you send that to me? Yeah. Is that what I you will, wanted? Is that what you wanted? I will gladly plug Arrow on this. <laughs> I'm actually starting a podcast called Hate What You Hate, and it's about um, celebrities we have qualms with, even though we've never met them. <laughs> <laughs> that's a perfect uh analog of this whatever it's a good i love that <laughs> or um strongly dislike what you strongly dislike and it's all about comedians that you think are slightly too offensive for your taste oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm gonna start poop what you poop and then uh <laughs> make it so you'll never listen to anything I do again <laughs> just a lot of bodily function the bodily function <laughs> podcast where we're into <laughs> stool acceptance <laughs> oh my
Oh my gosh. Okay, well, that's, that's a real laugh. Cool. Well, awesome. Thanks again. I'll stop recording. Yeah. <laughs> okay.